Set a spark to your integrated business and marketing strategies with America's top entrepreneurs and business leaders here at Integrate and Ignite with your host, Lori Jones. Welcome to the Integrate and Ignite podcast. Adrian Gershom is Vice President of Marketing and Digital Strategy at SeaChange, a Chicago-based consultancy that accelerates the sales and marketing of future-focused B2B companies. He works with clients that range in size from startups to Fortune 500 companies to understand and address how to make sales and marketing more measurable and effective. Our particular area of focus is the role that culture and values play in separating organizations with highly effective sales and marketing from those who are merely average. Adrian is keenly interested in using business as a force for good and works to grow the number of certified B Corps as a B local leader in the state of Illinois. Welcome to Integrate and Ignite, Adrian. Thank you, Lori. It's a pleasure to be here. I tell you, I am so excited to chat today. We're going to discuss a lot about internal marketing and really how values play a role in not only the internal audience that we have that ultimately implements everything we do day in and day out, but how that affects the external audience. Before we get there, tell us a little bit more about your journey. Uh, thanks, Lori. So I've been in marketing for just over 20 years, kind of come, working my way up through the ranks as a designer first. And then as things tend to go with marketing, the more I've been in it, the longer I've been doing it, tend to be supervising and overseeing those sorts of things rather than doing them. <laughs> uh, I, I actually also owned my own agency for about nine years, which has given me some great insight into the value that marketing needs to deliver so that there really is importantly an aspect of ROI for what marketing needs to deliver. And then there's something that I've been thinking a lot about lately that kind of keeps me awake at night. And that is a stat that I ran across the other day. It was in an HBR article talking about the idea that 80% of CEOs either don't trust or are unimpressed with their CMO. So I, I thought that that was a, kind of an eye-opening statistic and it actually um, something I think about a lot and I think informs a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk to you about today. Yeah, I think so too. I tell you, that is kind of a crazy stat. It's not something that we want to be working with, that's for sure. And now you believe that there are two parts or two halves of a brand. Please explain to us what you mean by a brand's purpose versus a brand's promise. Yeah, this is, this is something that's really been super helpful for me as, as a construct to think about brand. This is not a construct that I've created, but it, again, it's something that I find super useful. And that is really that there's two halves to a brand. There's the brand's purpose and the brand's promise. And so if you, if you wanted to boil that down to its most essential elements, you could think of the brand's purpose as being the internal part of the brand and the brand's promise being the more external facing part of the brand. And if you wanted to build on that a little bit more, so taking the purpose of the brand and looking at what that looks like, it's again, internally focused, it's more foundational in nature. So that's something that you should deal with and, and have figured out before you start to deal with the brand's promise, ideally. And right. it's also something that's very employee centric. So it's the employees of the brand that are the ones that are kind of breathing life into the purpose of the brand. If you wanted to think also about what sorts of uh, artifacts or things relate to a brand's purpose, the sorts of things that are being created by an organization, I think the things that come to mind first for me are things like mission, vision, and values. So those are the sorts of things right. that you use to express the brand's purpose. 
And then on the other side of the equation, the brand's promise, again, that's more externally focused. It's something that comes after you've already figured out your brand's purpose. And it's something that's customer experience, customer experience centric rather than something that's employee centric. So it's something that your customers are interacting with and experiencing. And then that's how it gets definition. And then the last piece too, while uh, brand purpose is more expressed through things like mission and vision and values, the brand promise is found and expressed through things more like the positioning of the brand and the brand personality, things that the kinds of communications that your uh, customers are going to be interacting with on a daily basis. You know, and, and I think those of us listening today would agree that most marketers probably focus a little too heavily on the external. As, as I'm saying that out loud, I'm also wondering if that's why 80% of CEOs are unimpressed with the CMO is that they're not connecting the dots between the brand purpose with the brand promise. I, th- I think that's true. I think, I think the more I try and work through some of the, the ideas behind, you know, what leads to things like CEOs having such levels of low levels of trust and being impressed with CMOs, it's more about the sort of lost opportunity, I think, right. really. Like if I could boil it down to one thing in that by focusing so much on a brand's promise, that part of which is, is being experienced out in the marketplace, that you're really not taking advantage of those things which are much more under your control and, and also things that have potentially greater impact. And if I could elaborate on that a bit, what I mean by yeah, control. Yeah, let's talk impact. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's really what, what everyone wants to see is impact, right? So the control part is the brand purpose is something that is brought to life through your employees and employees are a a body of people that we have a lot more ability to influence as marketers. They're people that are under our same roof often and people that we share an organization with. So we have a, a much bigger lever to impact or influence change with that base of people than we do probably our customers or prospective customers. And then the degree of impact too is something that is is something that is in question here, right? So again, if we look at the, the underlying reasons why CEOs maybe are having problems with CEOs or CMOs, it's it's possibly related to things like where is the impact? We're spending a lot of money and resources on marketing, but our de- the degree to which we can point at actionable things or or direct causality between the actions we're taking and the money we're spending are, are a little more difficult. And if you do look at things like a brand's purpose and you, you, you realize that a stat that, I, that really resonated with me was the Great Place to Work organization did a study on the Fortune 100 best companies to work for and found that over a 20-year period of time that the cumulative stock market returns for those companies was three times greater than those that weren't part of that cohort. Wow. So again, I think, you know, it's, it's showing that there is impact available there. If you think about the the hundred best companies to work for are ones that have amazing cultures. And if we as marketers want to see impact, let's, let's do some focusing on culture. Yeah, I agree. So let's turn our focus on that right now and really talk about the brand purpose and how we as marketers can really turn that into an ROI engine uh, with the brand's uh, promise. And I I believe that you've got some steps that you're gonna walk through with us on that today. 
Yeah, I do. There's uh, like, like many things in marketing and other, and other sorts of uh, thought leadership activities. It's always fun to break things down into a series of discrete steps. You know, life doesn't always easily break down like that, but I, I found that there was a, a way that made sense to break down that journey to brand's purpose. And uh, for me, it breaks down into five steps. So the first step being one of recontextualization, the idea that like many things that require change, the first step is to acknowledge that there's a problem. So the problem in this case is that the, that w- what we just talked about, right? That there's such a focus on brand promise and brand purpose isn't really getting woven into the equation. And so what we really need to do as marketers is take that market orientation that we've been taught is so important and turn it 180 degrees and weave in employee orientation as well so that we're not just focused on market orientation, that we, we begin to see purpose as an opportunity rather than a problem. And I think this can be a real sticky point for a lot of people to recontextualize what they've been doing for many years can be a very, very difficult thing to do. Obviously, that's why it's step one. Yeah. And it's not without risk. I think, you know, change is always inherently scary to lots of organizations and and does involve a little bit of risk. But again, if you think about the possible impact that you might see on the opposite side of making these sorts of changes, then I think it makes a lot of sense. And if you go back to what we were just talking about, that lack of trust and and problems in the C-suite between CEO and CMO, there's already some, some issues there, right? So we need to start making some changes to begin to see some, some positive uh, impact. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Okay, step two. So step two, the, the thing that I think you do next is really look at embedding purpose into your organizational DNA. And that sounds a little bit confusing, but I think the best way to think about this is probably in terms of the values part of the mission, vision, and values. So really being clear about and defining the organizational values is, is, is really essential and communicating that repeatedly and consistently across your organization is super important. One of the stats that I like to think about when I, when I think about values is, is really that this is from a, a consulting company that we know pretty well called Eagle Hill Consulting. And one of the things that they discovered was that in American companies, only about half of the employees know what their employer's core values are, which is a remarkably low number. And more importantly, about 90% of those that actually do know what the values are steer their decisions and behavior at work based on those values. So that's fantastic. Yeah. So the lesson there is, you know, put the values in place because people do use them as their kind of North star in terms of their behavior. So let's use them. Well, and I, and I think one thing that gets lost with value development and, and I, this is one of my high horses is that they're written by a strategist and they're not on tone with mm-hmm. what marketing is trying to, to get across. And that to me is a big miss. Absolutely. Marketing needs a seat at the table in terms of the values formulation, without a doubt. I think uh, that's one of the things I think that would be a takeaway from, from our discussion today in general is that there's lots of things that marketing isn't typically involved with that, that probably marketing should be involved with. Yeah, I agree. You know, some fun things that we do around the agency to instill vision and, and mission and, and values is our vision is in demand, just two mm-hmm. simple words. We want uh, to be in demand and we want our clients to be in demand. It's very easy to explain that and to create that emotional epiphany when you've got ROI 
you know, on the other end um, of everything. And with our team members, when they utilize the, any of the vision or values throughout a day, mm -hmm. they get, there's like a little point system. And then at the end of uh, a given time period, all of those points go into the kitty and there's a little prize at the end. So there are great ways of making sure that people live and breathe the foundation of the business day in and day out that can instill the importance of it so that it becomes truly cultural and not just, you know, a high thought. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think uh, that consistency that you mentioned is really key and, and finding ways to offer incentives to employees that are exhibiting those values and living them. That's, that's also a really wonderful idea. That's great. Okay. Step three. So step three is really about uh, kind of galvanizing the workforce and the base of employees that are around you. I think one of the key things here is, again, uh, doing something that isn't traditionally done by marketing, and that's really getting in lockstep with HR such that when new job descriptions are drafted, there's a, a marketing fingerprint on them um, that helps communicate what marketing looks like at that organization and how an employee is going to be a, a part of that team even though they may not be a part of the marketing team, just by virtue of working at that organization, they're sort of a de facto part of the marketing effort and are important to include. And then after the uh, hiring process takes place, the onboarding process is another area that's really critical for marketing to be involved with in terms of communicating the sorts of things that are important to the organization from a marketing standpoint so that people understand what their role is within that process and they can contribute to it. That's fantastic. And number four. So the next thing that's really important to do is to measure. Um, this is an area I think where marketers are starting to, to struggle and have been struggling in that in the old days, we didn't really have much in terms of metrics and analytics. And now we, we have kind of the fire hose of analytics and metrics that we're all trying to deal with. And so when I say measure and metrics, a lot of people listening to this might get a little freaked out and say, oh my God, we're already measuring so many things and I don't even know what to do with these analytics. And to that, I would say a first step might be to winnow down the stuff that you're already looking at that may be focused on the promise side of the brand, get it down to a very uh, coherent and meaningful set of analytics, and then fold in a few more that relate to your brand's purpose. Do you have examples of how you've implemented that with either within your, uh, your own company or clients? Yeah, we, uh, we have begun using analytics that focus on our employee engagement and satisfaction. So we now regularly survey our entire agency to understand, you know, what, what the general levels of satisfaction are and how they're changing over time in areas where we can improve. And we're also looking at engagement on our marketing materials not just from the lens of the, um, the customers that are uh, engaging with our materials, but our employees. So what we're looking there for are patterns around how our, our employees are liking, commenting, and, and sharing the, the marketing materials that we're producing so that we can understand what's resonating with them and help enable them to be a part of our marketing team. I love that. You know, we hear so much from the field and our own internal team members. And I love the fact that this process that we're laying out here today puts a lot of strength in listening. Yes. Yes. Listening is key. Humility um, and vulnerability, <laughs> I think, are, are, are 
really essential ingredients for marketing and they actually lead to the final step and that sharing. So I think one of the things that is really critical about this journey to breathe more life into your brand's purpose is the sharing of your story. So as you're going on this journey of self-discovery and kind of uh, elevating brand purpose, you should be telling that story as part of your marketing content. Because like I was saying, it, it does reveal your humility and your vulnerability, the humanity of your organization, which is something that's very appealing to customers to get a sense of the people behind the brand. And it also helps in that as marketers were struggling uh, to figure out what kinds of content to produce and, and uh, how to be effective at that. So this is just another source of content that we can reveal the victories and the struggles of that journey. And I think it's, it's, a, it's a compelling story to share. It really does. Now, you know, I just, the customer journey, of course, is, is external. And that truly colors a brand's purpose, which is internal. How do you work the two? Well, the, the way I see those two things interacting are that, you know, I, I think of the customer journey like kind of a, a veil or a curtain. And on the one side are the customers and the other side are the employees. And, you know, customer journeys do a great job of identifying all the touch points at which there's sort of an exchange of information or meaning between the two sides, right? So an employee does something on one side, whether it be create an artifact that an, uh, customer engages with or directly interacts with that customer. And the reason that, or the way that that can be much more effectively done is by employees that are engaged. So if you have a, a customer interacting with an employee and that interaction is happening from a disengaged employee, that experience is going to be a much different uh, one and a less, much less effective one than one with which if they're, interacting with or engaging with an employee that has a sense of purpose or feels that level of engagement. So I think kind of that's how it comes into play in terms of the customer journey. It's just that it amplifies and improves all of those touch points because the people on the employee side there behind them are just doing a much better job of servicing those touch points. I love it. And, you know, it's so interesting today. Business has changed so much, you know, over the last 10 years, I think not only is technology changing us the way our customers interact with brands, but our team members and the mindset really of millennials, which are so vitally important uh, to the overall structure and interactivity and communication uh, of a business. And it, it appears to me that this whole concept of mission, vision, and values and you know, purpose-driven organization, it, organizations rather are having quite a resurgence. And I, I do believe it's because of the millennial mindset and the fact that culture is so, so, so important. How does a brand go through becoming purpose-driven? Well, I think, and I'm, I'm a bit biased about this because as you noted in my intro, the part of my bio, I'm, I'm affiliated with, as a, on a volunteer basis with the B Corp movement. So right. I think one of the best frameworks for embedding purpose into an organization is by using the B Impact Assessment, which is, is an incredibly rigorous survey that uh, B Lab, which is the, the nonprofit body that does the sponsoring of the uh, B Corp certification, has put out. And, and the reason I feel like this is a great system to use. And again, even if you're not interested in going down the B Corp road or getting certified as a B Corp, this framework is free to use. 
and it's very easy to use and it breaks it down into areas that are very comprehensive and yet discrete. So it breaks it down into governance, environment, community, customers, and employees. So by going through that survey, you're looking at each of those dimensions of your organization and trying to figure out how to improve those and improve them with a sense of purpose and making your organization a purpose-driven uh, organization. One of the, the stats in, in that realm that's, that's jumped out at me, and, and it also kind of speaks to what you were saying about millennials and even Gen Z, is that what we're seeing today is about 63% of consumers preferring to purchase from pur- purpose-driven brands. So again, that's a validation of the power of being a purpose-driven brand. But it's also, I think, a sign of things to come. So if we're at 63% now and millennials and Gen Zs are becoming the ascendant demographics in marketing and, and kind of the, the marketplace, and they are much more in tune with the importance of a purpose-driven brand and demanding that of brands. I think if you don't look at how you embed purpose into your organization, you're really missing the boat and, you know, potentially failing to future-proof your business. I really think that it's critical to do that. You know, I think with any internal marketing a strategy, you know, we've talked through many. Uh, we've talked about the need for MVMs. We've talked about purpose. Uh, we've talked about all these things that ultimately impact the customer journey because the culture is there for for our employees to feel a sense of belonging to. And I think all too often, the C-suite forgets that the most important asset they have are their own team members, their mm-hmm. internal customers, and they need to treat them with the same amount of respect and, and uh, passion that the external customers receive uh, from the sales and marketing and, and even the C-suite. Talk to us about where does internal really, really meet external uh, I love this question. I think uh, for me, and again, I'm incredibly biased in this area, but I see the the internal and the external meeting in marketing. So, you know, you might talk to different people in organ in the organ within an organization, and they might think the same thing about their own particular area. But I truly believe that marketing is one of those few areas within an organization that has and should have their tendrils extending both inward and outward. So. That's where I feel like you have the biggest lever to affect change in terms of like purpose and engagement because it's happening on both sides, both sides of the table, whether it be on the customer side and the, and the sorts of things that you're putting, <coughs> excuse me, out into the marketplace or in, in the, the employee engagement that you have on the, on the other side. Well, I tell you, it's all about transformation and making sure that we're communicating it um, throughout this incredible process that you shared with us today on recontextualization, embedding the purpose, galvanizing the workforce, measuring and sharing. Adrienne Gershom, thank you so much for your appearance on the Integrate and Ignite podcast. Thank you, Laurie. It's been a pleasure. This episode is complete, but the inspiration has just begun. Head over to avocetcommunications.com for show notes and more aha moments. Tune in regularly to ignite your integrated business and marketing strategies with Lori Jones and the Integrate and Ignite podcast.